0: Welcome back to the Branding for Abundance podcast. This is Dr. TK, clinical psychologist and number one branding coach for therapists. So in today's episode, I actually want to talk about how do I offer free content as a therapist? Um, As usual, this question has come from the online community through social media and my coaching clients because they are trying to figure out how to generate more leads in their business and the typical way outside of Facebook as a word of mouth referrals to generate um, new leads is to offer valuable content. So I want to share five areas that you can actually offer free content as a mental health therapist. And I'll give examples of these areas that I've done as well. Um, Within the five, I'll give you some examples. So area number one, is I've talked about or you can talk about what actually is therapy. So under this, of course, if you have an outline, make sure that you have a pen and a sheet of paper handy. Some examples of talking about what is therapy is I've done series on Instagram related to breaking the stereotypes of mental health. So just think about what kind of answers will come up for you of what is therapy, you will probably talk about what types of therapy are there like, you know, individual versus family versus group, what is kind confidentiality, you know, things like that. So those can actually be broken up into mini series itself. Never feel like you have to talk about all of these things at one time. So one area could just simply be having a conversation about what have people heard about mental health or what have they been exposed to as it relates to mental health. Another topic under what is therapy is what's your framework um, as far as what what is your processes of helping a client get from point A to point B in your mental health services. Now, the framework is something that I help the students develop on their own in the dope therapist academy because i have my own framework sometimes the places that you work for at have their framework of how to see a client get from point a to b and a lot of that may have to do with like an evidence-based practice where maybe the point a is you do an assessment you do the questionnaire you do the treatment goal you implement whatever is in the guide or the workbook you record the session you talk to your supervisor about feedback related to the um, fidelity of the model with the evidence-based practice right and then you coordinate uh, termination or graduation upon maybe the 10th session or the 25, 25th session because some of the evidence-based practices actually dictate how many sessions you can have so you should create your own framework and if you don't know how to do that then you definitely want to check out the academy so those two breaking the stereotypes and framework of how you do therapy can be all under examples of what is therapy and you can do these via um, a pdf download information on your website a blog a vlog with a v as in victor like a video you can do it on youtube instagram stories instagram live instagram highlights instagram reels and um, instagram tv okay So, area number two, you can also talk about and give information on how does someone start therapy. So, some areas that I've done on IGTV specifically is how does someone find a therapist? And I've done this in a different, you know, various ways. So I've also done it like on podcast episodes when I'm either introduced and/or interviewed on someone else's podcast. They'll typically ask me not only how can people find me, because I may not be available to do therapy, but also Also, what are some resources that we can refer clients to? So this information should also be on your website. So how to find a therapist. And then another example under how to start therapy for free content is you can talk about what questions should a potential client ask a therapist before signing up for therapy, such as, you know, what is the availability that the therapist has that hopefully it can match the client? What forms of payment does the clinician take? Because not all clinicians or therapists take insurance. Um, what fees do they take? What method of payment, like cash, check, credit card, um, you know, things like that. So you can talk about how does someone start therapy. Now, the third area is how does insurance work with therapy? Again, I have this on my IGTV. So I've provided psychoeducation on types of therapy. For example, especially with insurances, how couples therapy has never been approved for. Um, mental health coverage on your insurance and a lot of people are surprised by that the right verbiage for it is family therapy however there's a disclaimer in terms of let's just say um, sally and john are coming in for couples counseling and let's just say they both have different insurances Uh, sally has blue shield and john has kaiser i don't take kaiser let's just say i take blue shield if sally does not have the mental health diagnoses and neither does john no one is covered Or what if John has a mental health diagnosis and his diagnosis is impairing the family, which which would be, um, you know, it would actually be approved for insurance, but it would only be approved by his insurance because he's the identified patient, if that makes sense. I don't take his insurance, which means that if they want to see me, but I don't take John's insurance because he's an identified patient. It is not covered. And a lot of my couples have had a hard time with that because a lot of them have seen clinicians that have seemed to bill the insurance anyway. And that's a whole other podcast episode that I'll do because that is definitely unethical. And I just told that particular couple that I'm not down with doing that because that's low-key fraud because, yeah, that, that's fraud. So th- don't do that. So, just you need to understand how your insurance works as well with being on certain panels. Also, some psychoeducation that I've given related to insurance panels to potential clients or on um, Instagram lives or IGTV series is how do deductibles work? So, in order for you to explain it to someone else, of course, you have to know how it works yourself. And you always want to give a disclaimer that everybody's insurance is different. Some people may have a, dis- um, a, d- a deductible in which they still only have to pay their copay, but once they're out of pocket max, Reaches a certain amount, they even don't have to pay their copay. Some people's deductible is no matter how much their copay is, they have to pay the provider out of pocket their private pay rate, and then the provider gives them a super bill. And then once they reach their deductible, let's just say a thousand dollars, then once they reach their deductible, then they're only responsible for their copay or for a certain amount. So, um, we want to always encourage the clients to also understand how their insurance panels work and they need to call the insurance and not just rely on the the mental health provider to get verification for insurance. Another area that I educate clients on related to their insurance is how much are they responsible for per session? Even if it is a deductible, even if it is a PPO, sometimes there's not a flat rate. Sometimes there's a percentage. And so I typically would call the insurance panel and say, this is my rate. How much would the client be responsible for after the deductible is met if they have one? And they'll say 50% of your rate. We'll only pay them back up to this amount at 50%. Like there's so many different disclaimers. And so those are things to educate people on with their insurance. Now, area number four, um, you, if you take EAP, you can provide psychoeducation or a downloadable handout about the differences between EAP versus regular therapy. So some areas that I would highly consider you providing psychoeducation on are the following. What happens after you start? Meaning after EAP has started, what happens if the client isn't done with their issue or other issues arise um, because they feel comfortable with you, they open up you know, with you and they recognize that the three or seven sessions isn't enough. What happens? So you can talk to them about your process. Also, you can address what if, again, you are not done and the sessions run out and you don't take their insurance what, what happens then? Do they pay out of pocket? Are you letting them know what your private pay fee is up front so that they know that if they need to see you more or maybe even in the future, how much it's going to cost? And then also EAP versus regular therapy. What I actually like about EAP is that you can actually see anyone in the family. There are no stipulations or disclaimers with regular insurances. However, the family needs to know that if the individual, of course, is the employee and you end up seeing their child for one session, their spouse for one session, and the whole family, together to develop a treatment plan, what if that's at the end of their treatment that they all come together and you maybe have one or two sessions, then unfortunately, depending on their regular insurance, that might dictate who can actually be seen. I know a few insurance panels that I'm on that are from Medi-Cal, like um, government assistance, is that they actually cannot see family uh, a family therapist. They can only do individual therapy. That's a problem if the family is the problem or the identified patient, right? So that's all under EAP versus regular therapy. And then the last area is number five, which is insurance versus private pay. This is a huge one. So some areas that I've spoken about, and a lot of this actually was on some of my older websites, is um, some of the benefits that I talk about related to insurance versus private pay is that insurance creates a different type type of paper trail um, in the insurance system and private pay is not. Now, even though our paper trail is in our charting system, there is no medical system that has a record of that person's mental health diagnoses, um, length of treatment, and etc. right? Um, another area under insurance versus private pay is that um, one of the, the bigger benefits is that there's no cutoff per the insurance requirements. So the insurance requirements are that you have a functional impairment and all of the criteria for a mental health diagnosis. So as soon as someone reports to me um, over a certain amount of time that they're doing really well at their job and or school and with their interpersonal relationships but they're still exhibiting some type of anxiety but it's not hindering any of those three areas, I had to let them know that unfortunately, you know, and we've tried to space out your sessions, you've come now once a month and for three times doing that along with a few months doing bi-weekly, after 6 months to a year of doing weekly, you do not no longer meet the criteria to see um to be seen under your insurance per the guidelines or because I don't have a diagnosis to put down and if I don't have a diagnosis to put down then technically they won't reimburse me and so the client will be responsible for the fee anyway. So I've told this to a few clients and I think I had literally like two clients in the last 6 years that got really upset. Um I felt like they projected their anger onto myself which I was not the right target, but I understood that they were disappointed because they, you know, even though we talk about this at the beginning of treatment, after months go on, they don't remember this. And so, and I try, I mean, I don't remind them of this. Like, remember, you know, if you don't meet criteria, you can't be seen anymore because I also don't want someone faking symptoms, you know, like just to, for me to put a diagnosis down. And so unfortunately with some clients I had to wrap up because they did not want to do private pay, even though we worked out some form of a sliding scale because not everyone's financial situation was the same, but they didn't want to participate because they just only wanted to pay their co-pay. And that, Fine, but I'm not going to be unethical. So, um, another area in terms of insurance versus private pay is that, like I mentioned earlier, it doesn't restrict the modality of treatment. So, as I mentioned earlier, certain types of therapy that I've done with clients, I've recognized during the intake that they would be more appropriate for family therapy, not for individual therapy, because there was only so much we can do with one person in the room. But the insurance said no. So, I had to let the client know up front, I could definitely work with you on areas one, two, and three, but when we get to area three, we will hit a brick wall because I can only do so much with giving you homework assignments to go take it home to your partner or spouse or child because it would be best if I can moderate a conversation to see how the homework is working and also hear their side of the story so that I can make sure that I get the full picture when I'm giving you these activities. And so just to recap, um, these are ways that you can offer free content as a therapist. And again, you can offer them via your email list, through email subscriptions, if you have a podcast, if you have a YouTube channel through your social media platforms. You can talk about what is therapy? How does someone start therapy? Um, how Or how does someone find a therapist? How does insurance work in therapy? What is the difference between EAP versus regular therapy? And what is the difference between e, um, insurance and um, With utilizing that to pay for your services versus private pay. So I really hope that you've enjoyed the free content that I'm giving you today as a mental health provider. Um, I like to lead by example. And so, as you know, my podcast is hosted um, for free, meaning we do everything for free. That doesn't mean that running it is free. It is a um, business investment that I've decided to take on under the umbrella of my business because I want to give out as much free, valuable content as possible to let clinicians know how they can even just jumpstart and brand their business um, with the information shared in the podcast. But of course, if you want the full thing, you definitely want to check out my show notes with the resources and check out the Dope Therapist Academy. And so um, I believe that after I record this, there'll be a video um, potentially uploaded. So check out the resources to see if it's there with a live training um, that you can do an assessment on your business. Um, As usual, per my other podcast episodes, I always have access or you always have access to the private practice course. Quiz in which you can answer about 25 to 28 questions on your business infrastructure for private practice and it will tell you exactly what program is recommended that I offer that will be a good match to help you build out a profitable private practice um, and um, you know check me out on Instagram as well at Dr. TK Psych. I would love to engage with you to do the extra mile please snapshot this episode let me know your biggest takeaway and tag me um, on your thread or in your stories on Instagram and I can also repost you and um, expose you to my audience as well. Share this podcast episode with other clinicians that are maybe even stuck with providing content. Um, Maybe they feel stuck in their business. Maybe they don't know what to post on social media. And I've just given you five plus more mini topics to post or do videos on on your social media platforms to educate your community. So I really hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. Until the next one, I will see you later. Bye